Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Keep breathing, my people. The fight still goes on for people who might not be happy with an election result. Fight is not a bad word. A lot of talk about unity today. But we're going to dig in a little bit on it. What I'm very happy to see, as they continue the pop and circumstance of Washington, D.C., no violence, nothing we should ever want. The movement that we have from one president to another happening peacefully is our story. That the systems do work. Not systemically racist systems. Nonsense terminology that should be stopped, but wasn't stopped by Joe Biden today. No, it was continued. Continued forth and pushed forth. We'll get into it. But rather, President Trump took Marine One to Joint Base Andrews said his goodbyes, and boarded the plane with his family and headed to Florida. Not staying for the inauguration, that's fine. John Adams did not appear at the inauguration of Thomas Jefferson. These things do indeed happen. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY-833-468-8669. Vice President Pence in attendance. And just as we do in America, we did. After me, I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear. That I will faithfully execute. That I will faithfully execute. The office of President of the United States. Office of President of the United States. And will, to the best of my ability, will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend. Preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. So help you, God. So help me, God. Congratulations, Mr. Thank President. You. And with the nine people assembled, I mean, admittedly, it was uh, it wasn't many people. They didn't have the crowds. D.C. in this ridiculous state, embarrassing state of lockdown. I mean, 20,000-plus troops, it was unnecessary. Security, absolutely necessary. But the idea that you needed 20,000 troops because of the Capitol riots, mm, no. No, 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 no. Joe Biden is on his way now to start signing executive orders. He's got 17 of them. 100-day mask challenge, as if somehow we're not already wearing masks. Discussing government coordination regarding COVID-19. Rejoining the World Health Organization. It's a good thing that we have a punishment for liars. (laughs) Extending eviction and foreclosure moratoriums, which is happening already. So I don't know how much more extension goes on. That's a conversation for debate. A pause on student loan payments until September 30th. September 30th. Well, that's a precursor to getting rid of the student loans to begin with. Rejoining the Paris Climate Accords and ending the Keystone XL pipeline, revoking all oil and gas development and national wildlife monuments. Advancing racial equity through the federal government. Well, that's going to be fun to watch. 
what kind of systems they're going to add and install. Critical race thinking and anti-racism training for everybody. That's right. Let's teach America how to be bigots again. Counting non-citizens in the U.S. Census. Strengthen workplace discrimination protections based on sexual orientation and gender identity. And, of course, conservative thought. No, wait, hold on. That's not in there. You still can't think like a conservative. Defend the Dreamers program for undocumented young Americans. That's a weird way to put that, CBS News. Um, That's where I'm reading it from. But at least in the Dreamer conversation, you can argue if they were born here. They don't know any other place. Where are you going to send them to? It's a It's a conversation. But I love the way they put it. And the so-called Muslim travel ban. Again, you support terrorism, no penalties. Come on in. Change arrest priorities for immigration and customs enforcement. Stop border wall construction, which is going to be really difficult because Congress appropriated the money for the border wall construction. It's going to be hard for the president to say, I'm sorry, you can't do that, even though the money is already appropriated. That's good. I wonder what judge is going to stand up and tell him no on any of these things. I wonder what judge from some district court somewhere you never heard of is going to say, you can't do this, Mr. President. Freezing last-minute Trump administration regulatory actions. Well, that's, 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 that's always good. And formulate the executive branch ethics doctrine. Your ethics doctrine is Article 1, Section 8. Your ethics doctrine is the Constitution. It's not even necessary. Here, I took that one off your plate. The things that give me hope, the things that move me, are the systems that make the nation. And that we have this capacity to move from one administration to another, even fundamental swings like this. The things that I fear are what these swings represent. Right now, there are going to be a whole bunch of people who voted for Joe Biden because they just couldn't bring themselves to vote for Donald Trump. And they're going to say, oh, this is what I voted for? Oh. You see, I want them to live with all that insanity. I just don't want to live in it. I don't want to be a part of it. Maybe you don't either. But everyone's got to take a breath, as I've been discussing. As long as there is a republic, there is opportunity for the republic. I do not agree with Joe Biden on policy. I believe that Joe Biden in his speech today, where he was hitting a number of right tones, also undercut what could have been a valuable speech in forgetting whom he was speaking to, because it was very clear at moments he was speaking to segments of America and not the all of America, not speaking in a level of openness to America about America, conversations again and again about unity without taking a look at the people who sow discord all around is failure. Our job, guys, is to show it all. Maybe you don't hear uh, the first hour of the show where you are, uh, but on on my flagship station, WIBC in Indianapolis, we shared the inauguration. I had people reaching out to me uh, on social media, other places. I'm not listening because you're playing that propaganda. It's the inauguration of the president of the United States. Of course I share that. I I don't feel bad about it or, 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 or nothing. This is why I say take a breath. 
I want you to hear what Joe Biden had to say. I want you to hear President Trump this morning after he uh, disembarked from Marine One to get onto Air Force One and spoke to the assembled crowd. What did he say yesterday in his farewell address? Do you want a, a, a filtered product or do you want to be able to hear it all? I want to be able to bring it to you all. Uh, us free speech lovers share the things even that drive us crazy. Every now and then, I will admit, even I say, okay, I ain't sharing that. Usually because it has too many curse words. And we simply have no way of editing it out. But are we going to stick our heads in the sand and pretend that Joe Biden's not president of the United States? That may work for conspiracy theorists. It's not going to work for rational people. We are rational people still. We have minds and ideas and thoughts, and they are not going anywhere. Meaning, the thoughts have a place to go, but the, the ability to speak them, we're not going to somehow disappear. They're not drifting off. They're not going into, the, into that good night. Understand what he said in his speech and ask yourself, does that apply all the way around or was he being hyper-selective in a way that absolutely violated the spirit of what it is he was saying to begin with? Ask ourselves what our plan is. On social media, I only um, said one thing. I said, okay, let's get back to work. I am a huge believer in this. I am a huge... There's a line from the West Wing, and it's... Uh, oh, God, I forget the name of the chick. It's season one or season two. I need more uh, it's not one of the uh, original... Ca- she's not one of the main cast members. Uh, she was dating Bradley Whitford, uh, character. She was dating Josh Lyman. And she said, you know what I do when I win? I, have, I go home and I have a drink. When I lose, I have two drinks because that's life in the NBA. That's life in the NBA. Sometimes you lose. And then you know what you do? You get back to practice. Yes, Allen Iverson. And then you get back to playing. It's okay. Joe Biden is the 46th president of the United States, and Kamala Harris is the vice president of the United States. Let's get to work. I'm Tony Katz. So the president boarded Marine One at 8.15 a.m. this morning, landing at Joint Base Andrews. And before getting on Air Force One to head to Florida, spoke to the assembled crowd. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. A thank you and uh, basically a rehash of what he said the day before. Don't forget the good work we've done. This has been an incredible four years. Uh, We've accomplished so much together. I want to thank all of my family and my friends and my staff and so many other people for being here. I want to thank uh, you for your effort, your hard work. People have no idea how hard this family worked. They worked and they worked for you. They could have had a much easier life, uh, but they just, they did a fantastic job. I just want to thank all of you, everyone. Uh, I want to thank Mark Meadows, who's here someplace right there. I want to thank Mark. But it's been, 
It's been something very special. We've accomplished a lot. Our first lady has been a woman of great grace and beauty and dignity. so popular with the people, so popular with the people. In fact, honey, would you like to say a few words? Being your first lady was my greatest honor. Thank you for your love and your support. You will be in my thoughts and prayers. God bless you all. God bless your families. And God bless this beautiful nation. What else has to be said, right? But what we've done, that's true, honey, great job. What we've done has been amazing by any standard. We rebuilt the United States military. We created a new force called Space Force. That in itself would be a major achievement for a regular administration. We were not a regular administration. We took care of the vets, 91% approval rating. They've never had that before. The vets have given us the VA. The vets have given us an approval rating like uh, has never been before. We took care of our vets and our beautiful vets. They were very badly treated before we came along. And uh, as you know, we get them great service and we pick up the bill and they can go out and they can see a doctor if they have to wait long periods of time. We got it so that we can sadly uh, get rid of people that don't treat our vets properly. We had we didn't have any of those rights before when I came on, so our vets are happy, our people are happy, our military is thrilled. We also got tax cuts, the largest tax cut and reform in the history of our country by far. I hope they don't raise your taxes. But if they do, I told you so. And uh, if you look at the regulations, which I consider the regulation cuts to be maybe even more important, that's why we have such good and have had such good job numbers. The job numbers have been absolutely incredible. When we started, had we not been hit by the pandemic, uh, we would have had uh, numbers that would never have been seen already. Our numbers are the best ever. If you look at what happened until February, a year ago, our numbers were at a level that nobody had ever seen before. And even now, we really built it twice. We got hit. Nobody blames us for that. The whole world got hit, and then we built it again. And now the stock market is actually substantially higher than it was at its higher point prior to the pandemic. So it's uh, really, you could say, we built it twice. And uh, you're going to see... You're going to see incredible numbers start coming in if everything is sort of left alone. Be careful. Very complex. Be careful. But you're going to see some incredible things happening. And uh, remember us when you see these things happening, if you would. Remember us because uh, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at elements of our economy that are set to be a rocket ship up. It's a rocket ship up. We have the greatest country in the world. We have the greatest economy in the world. And as bad as the pandemic was, we were hit so hard, just like the entire world was hit so hard. Places that thought they got away with it didn't get away with it. They're suffering right now. We did something that is uh, 
really considered a medical miracle. They're calling it a miracle, and that was the vaccine. We got the vaccine developed in nine months instead of nine years or five years or 10 years or a long time. It was supposed to take a long time, many, many years to develop a vaccine. We have two out. We have another one coming almost immediately. And uh, it really is a great achievement. So you should start to see really good numbers over the next uh, few months. I think you're gonna see those numbers really skyrocket downward. And I can only say this, uh, we have worked hard. We've left it all, as the athletes would say, we've left it all in the field. We don't have to, we don't have to come and say, we'll never say in a month when we're sitting in Florida, we're not gonna be looking at each other and saying, you know, if we only worked a little bit harder, you can't work harder. And we had a lot of obstacles and we went through the obstacles. And we just got 75 million votes, and that's a record in the history of in the history of sitting presidents. That's an all-time record by a lot, by many millions in the history of sitting presidents. It's been really just an honor. Uh, one of the things we're very, very proud of is the selection of almost 300 federal judges and three great Supreme Court justices. That's a very big number. That's a record-setting number. And uh, so we've done a lot, and there's still things to do. The first thing we have to do is pay our respects and our love to the incredible people and families who suffered so gravely from the China virus. It's a uh, horrible thing that was put onto the world. We all know where it came from, but it's a horrible, horrible thing. So be very careful, be very, very careful. But we want to pay uh, great love, great love to all of the people that have suffered, including families who have suffered so gravely. So with that, I, I just want to say you are amazing people. This is a great, great country. It that is was my the greatest honor and privilege to have been your president. Speaking before getting on Air Force One. What did Joe Biden have to say? And what about those pardons from the president? No, I ain't happy with all of them. Some of them are insane. I got that coming up. This is Tony Katz today. Joe Biden inaugurated as the 46th president of the United States. Breathe, people. Breathe. Tony Katz. Great to be with you, Tony Katz, today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. I'll tell you, I listened to his his speech, and I thought he had moments where it was hitting the right tone, and then I watched a man completely undercut the tone. I found it disheartening. Now, maybe there was nothing else I was going to find it, right? My issues with Joe Biden, my issues with the political left, what else could I find it except deflating and distressing but i think it's important to go over there's also a lot of talk of the um poem amanda gorman 22 year old black woman who a poet who spoke and people are like ah poetry yeah poetry could you stop hating on art everybody not you them 
You, you're fine. Them, they're nuts. Oh, why do we have poetry? Why do we have poetry? I don't know. Ask Walt Whitman. Why do we have poetry? Why do we have art? Why do we have beautiful things? Why do we have theater? This absolute constant and consistent push to demonize art in all spaces. Oh, without recognizing its power and the opportunity that it presents us all, it's a mistake, a mistake, a mistake, and it's why the political right continues to lose culturally. They don't even understand what it is and what it means and its value. Now, I will share with you that I listened to it and I was less moved than others because, well, I have a fundamental disagreement with the young poet on what it means to move a nation forward, but she's giving her point of view through this prose. I will give my point of view in that same level of prose based on Joe Biden's own words. I want you to hear some of what the president of the United States, did I mention breathe? Did I mention after the show, I'm going to sit with a bourbon and a cigar and just take in the moment. I never said you can't take a moment to take a breath. As a matter of fact, I'm constantly saying take a breath. And then you get back to it. You're entitled to take a moment. I will take mine today. I'll say it again. I ain't happy. And the people who voted for Joe Biden because they just couldn't take any more President Trump, I got issues with that. Because I'm not so sure you saw clearly what was about to happen. And I, for one, have serious issue with emotion dominating. This is Joe Biden. Speaker Pelosi, Leader Schumer, Leader McConnell, Vice President Pence, my uh, distinguished guests, my fellow Americans. This is America's day. This is democracy's day. A day of history and hope, of renewal and resolve. Through a crucible for the ages, America has been tested anew. And America has risen to the challenge. Today, we celebrate the triumph not of a candidate, but of a cause, the cause of democracy. The people, the will of the people has been heard, and the will of the people has been heeded. We've learned again that democracy is precious, democracy is fragile. And at this hour, my friends, Democracy has prevailed. So now, on this hallowed ground where just a few days ago, violence sought to shake the Capitol's very foundation, we come together as one nation, under God, indivisible, to carry out the peaceful transfer of power as we have for more than two centuries. As we look ahead in our uniquely American way, restless, bold, optimistic, and set our sights on the nation we know we can be and we must be. I thank my predecessors of both parties for their presence here today. I thank them from the bottom of my heart. And I know. And I know the resilience of our Constitution and the strength, the strength of our nation, as does President Carter, 
who I spoke with last night, who cannot be with us today, but whom we salute for his lifetime in service. I've just taken the sacred oath each of those patriots have taken, the oath first sworn by George Washington. But the American story depends not on any one of us, not on some of us, but on all of us, on we, the people, who seek a more perfect union. This is a great nation. We are good people. And over the centuries, through storm and strife, in peace and in war, we've come so far. But we still have far to go. We'll press forward with speed and urgency, for we have much to do in this winter of peril and significant possibilities. Much to repair, much to restore, much to heal, much to build, and much to gain. Few people in our nation's history have been more challenged or found a time more challenging or difficult than the time we're in now. Once-in-a-century virus that silently stalks the country has taken as many lives in one year as America lost in all of World War II. Millions of jobs have been lost. Hundreds of thousands of businesses closed. A cry for racial justice some 400 years in the making moves us. The dream of justice for all will be deferred no longer. A cry for survival comes from planet itself, a cry that can't be any more desperate or any more clear. And now, a rise of political extremism, white supremacy, domestic terrorism that we must confront and we will defeat. <laughs> to overcome these challenges, to restore the soul and secure the future of America requires so much more than words. It requires the most elusive of all things in a democracy, unity. We're going to get into that unity conversation. Because as he continued, you realized that's not what he was talking about. And there is no possible way that his words were actually pointed at us, right? There's no way... He was talking to the whole of America. He was only talking to part of America, maybe with a wink and a nod, maybe with just some outright anger. And it's why he had a moment and lost the moment. It's why he had a chance and did not take it. It's why the next four years will continue to be rough, or maybe it's only the next two. But in any case, here we are. I'll share more of this, and we'll break it down coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Man, these pardons. Pardon me? These pardons are just a big, hot mess. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. There was the last second pardon. It's a pardon of Al Pirro. Who's Al Pirro? The ex-husband of Fox News host Janine Pirro. He cheated on his taxes. Okay, sometimes people cheat on their taxes. Right? Sometimes that absolutely happens. I mean, some of, of, of the Trump pardons 
and you know the the clemency stuff, the commutations of sentences. I mean, it's it's an interesting list. Steve Bannon's on the list. Steve Bannon got pardoned for I what was the what was the charge? He's uh, raising money for the wall through a group that wasn't going to give any money to build the wall. I I, I think uh, that that's it. Um, Lil Wayne got a pardon, right? He's, he, he feels good uh, uh, about that. He pled guilty in December to a federal weapons charge, carrying a handgun from California to Florida on his private jet. I didn't even know that could be a crime. It's his private jet. By the way, bigger story, Lil Wayne has enough money for a private jet. Right? Kwame Kilpatrick. You're talking about the former mayor of Detroit. Obstruction of justice. He was doing a pay-for-play scheme. He took kickbacks. He was engaged in bribery. Why in the world would this guy at all get a pardon? I, look, I'm very happy with Trump policy over the last four years, but I have never been shy about talking the talk. Then there was another rapper who uh, Snoop Dogg was tell- saying, hey, Trump, it, it, Harris is his last name. You got to pardon this guy. I think he's one of the co-founders of Death Row Records. So Snoop Dogg, a guy who had Trump in a video dressed like a clown and shot him in a video, was then petitioning Trump to pardon this guy, and Trump did. So Trump is pardoning rappers. Trump is pardoning Kwame Kilpatrick, also black. You know, for a racist, Donald Trump is terrible at this. For a guy who's a racist and hates black people, he is the worst racist ever giving these people pardons. I Honestly, I don't know what the man was thinking myself. I mean, if you're just going to be a bigot, be a bigot. The best was there was a conversation about whether Trump would give a pardon to a guy by the name of Sheldon Silver. Sheldon Silver was the longtime head of the uh, New York General Assembly. Sheldon Silver was New York's answer to Michael Madigan there in Illinois. Silver is a low-rent dude. And Silver doesn't deserve to be pardoned, just like I don't think Kwame Kilpatrick deserves to be pardoned. Bribery and kickbacks and all that kind of jazz. I mean, it's just, it's, it's awful. And there was a conversation that he might be on a list of pardons. I was like, oh, I don't want to see that. Andrew Cuomo suggested that if he does pardon Sheldon Silver, it would be a favor for someone in the Jewish community. Cuomo can't stop hating Jews, man. It's creepy AF. He cannot stop hate. And everything he does is some connection to, well, you know, the Jews gathering, the Jews doing this, the Jews doing that. The cost of corned beef. Whatever it is that's got him upset, it's the Jews. I didn't know that Cuomo was Italian for Ilhan Omar. I had no clue such a thing was possible. So these were some of the pardons that took place. But the one that was most bothersome is the pardon of Solomon Melgan. This is a doctor who was doing um, fraud, who was engaged in fraud 
of health care, submitting false claims, falsifying records in patients' files, uh, forcing patients to go, elderly patients to go through unnecessary eye treatments. They allege he stole $73 million from Medicare over those years. He was sentenced to 17 years in prison. But the real story is that Melgan was a huge supporter of Senator Bob Menendez, Democratic senator from New Jersey. And the reports going back to 2017, federal prosecutors said Monday that they aren't convinced claims uh, U.S. Senator Robert Menendez cavorted with underage hookers. The story was he was taking flights with Melgan on Melgan's private plane to an island, and there were underage hookers. Now, first of all, there's no such thing as an underage hooker. There's only child sex slavery. A hooker, you mean a woman who is over the age of 18 who decides to do this with her life and engages in contract with other adults for sex. She can give it away, but you can't sell it? Go ahead, libertarians. Lose your mind on that one. But there's no such thing as an underage hooker. And that just doesn't exist. That's sex slavery. They were looking to remove Bob Menendez from the Senate. This guy was given a a, a pardon. His prison sentence, I should say, commuted by President Trump. That President Trump is wrong, and that's that. We are not in the idol worship business. That's not what we do. As a president, I will take Donald Trump's policies over Joe Biden's every day of the week and twice on Sunday. It's not even debate. I absolutely positively, without question, will take Trump's policies over Biden's policies, over Kamala Harris's policies, over Chuck Schumer's policies, over Nancy Pelosi's policies. But something that's wrong is wrong. Melgan shouldn't have gotten commuted. Kwame Kilpatrick should not have been pardoned. A guy taking his a gun on his own private plane shouldn't be a crime. I got no problem with Lil Wayne getting some. What? My gosh, no. But this is wrong. This is wrong. And I, I'm never going to let that one go, man. It's like people who won't take a look at what has gone on with Jeffrey Epstein and who he was connected to. You think I care? You, you shouldn't care. No one should care. We should be disgusted by what it is we are seeing when people associated with Jeffrey Epstein, that guy who was engaged in child sex trafficking and sex trafficking in general, was allowed to kill himself. Let me say it again. Allowed to kill himself. I gotta tell you, there's there's a there's a lot, right? There's a lot more going on. A lot more going on than just some of the top line subjects. By the way, you'll also be seeing in your social media feeds, Lady Gaga from the uh, inauguration, she's wearing this giant brooch, huge pin, and people are like, oh my God, it's the Hunger Games, right? 
I forget the line Elizabeth Banks uses in, in that. It's a dove with an olive branch in it because she wants peace and unity between us. We'll get into Biden's speech about unity and realize that it's not what he said. This is Tony Katz today.